Rips the Dark listeners and fans. I am Trish Lambert, co-host of Riddles in the Dark, the main episode, and Riddles in the Dark Digest, here with my co-host, Laura Burkholtz. Hello, Laura. Hello. I have a... I have a puppy over here growling and trying to play with one of the other dogs, so just pretend I'm Radagast. <laughs> just pretend, and you may hear the bird also, although he's behind closed doors, he may yell, so just warning everybody. Yes, well, um, we, know, we know about your Roscabelle household. You know about my Roscabelle household, that's right, yeah. that's right, that's right, so we're good. Um, so we're here today to talk about episode 2.05, which covers the... Um, uh, barrel escape and also just basically in the halls of the Um mm-hmm. So let's talk about that a little bit. I mean, I, I'm trying to remember. I'm trying to remember back to when we talked about this. I think we did. We talk about um, we talked about um, what the the halls of the Elmkring are actually going to look like. We've seen some drawings of them and stuff, right? And uh, I believe this is the one we also talked about some of the pictures and stills and the. Uh, Pre, uh, the preview that Jackson gave us of, of the um, face-off between, literally, between uh, Thranduil and Thorin. Yeah. So yeah. Thranduil looks like he's going to be a real badass. Yeah, he looked he looked a little um, he looks a little intimidating. He's trying to looks like he's trying to intimidate Thorin. Um, yeah. And in the, in the yeah. pictures, I, but the pictures I saw were just like a rehearsal or something like that. So. Um, but yeah, he's definitely going to be um, trying to do a little intimidation right, of Thorin. They may have played it any number of different ways, like Jackson showed us, you know, with that other scene with Bilbo, how you know Martin Freeman delivered the line in different ways, and they may have done that too. There is another yeah. scene, but um, also a, uh, a, I guess, a rehearsal where um, he's lang- he's languishing in his in his elk horn throne and basically sneering at. At the dwarf, so it'll be interesting. You know who he actually reminds me of, and I thought about this the other day when I saw uh, a still of the movie uh, on my Facebook is David Bowie, mm. and I suddenly can't remember the name of the movie where he played. He played like a fairy king, didn't he? You know that is not coming to mind. I don't oh know, gosh! I don't and I saw that. I saw the photo. Well, our listeners will remind us. I'm sure. I mean, our listeners were were kind enough to let us know that. Bilbo actually did say confusticate and be bother. Um, yes, that's right. That's right. You know, and I watched I watched the movie again, and it happened so fast that I missed it. But he says it in the right place. He says it, yeah. you know, where it, basically where it is in the book, too. So thanks for pointing that so, out. Because our listeners are like, get with it, girls. I mean, come on. You know, it's like, haven't, know you, haven't you seen this film? <laughs> <laughs> so um, hopefully people can remind us of what is the film, the David Bowie. I think he plays the Fairy King, and I just saw I just saw a, a still from that movie. Um, Lab, it's not Labyrinth, is it? Is it Labyrinth? It might be Labyrinth. I um, have no idea. I don't know if I've ever it, seen a movie with David Bowie. Some reason it struck me. I mean, they don't look. I mean, they don't look that much physically alike, but there was just something in sort of the attitude and. And and the you know that reminded that made me think of that. So I thought, well, I wonder if Randwell will have a bit of that in him. You know that ter- you know the term that sprang to my mind when I saw Thrandall sort of lounging on his throne like that. The, the term bitchy came to mind. So, <laughs> and I apologize for the language there, but that that's is what okay. came to mind. That's, 
good. Yeah, he is kind yeah, of bitchy, isn't yeah. he? Yeah, like a uh, like an old time movie queen or something. So, well, I, the Ooh. thing that's going to be interesting. Oh, now you be quiet over there. No, I don't know if that's okay. what they're going for I, with him. But uh, did you know that know he either. that he in real life is actually younger than um than um than Legolas? Richard Armitage? No. Oh, the uh, Legolas. Oh. Oh my gosh! He is. He oh, is. He's a few years younger. So that's interesting. That's yeah. very interesting. Yeah. Um, the thing that I don't get, and that I I'm hoping that we have some kind of explanation for in the story, is why is he so bitchy? You know what I mean? He's the one who like left them in the dust back at Erebor. Um, I mean, other than the fact that maybe he's just that way in his own realm. Generally, yeah. His personality. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. You know, I mean, he's – so I'm wondering if – I just kind of wonder. I mean, is is he just a cranky guy generally, uh, you know, kind of in a single sort of mode? Yeah, that's – Or is there – we're going to find out, you know, that he's got against the dwarf for some reason. I think it's probably going to be, you know, a bit of a reference back to, to Thingol. He's going to be, you know, this is his realm. He's in charge. How dare these yeah. dwarves – come tramping along his land and um you know the other thing too that i've been thinking about after seeing some of the photos and i don't think i've seen as much as you have uh, but i did see that little clip where tariel is attacking the orc and right. i'm wondering you know if the if the orcs are following the dwarves which it sounds like they probably are he's probably pretty mad that the orcs are but these dwarves have brought these orcs. Oh yeah, there you go. That's too. a good reason. So that was, yeah, that's the other that thing could, I'm thinking of. You know, I mean, here we are already fighting evil in the forest, and you're compounding it by you know tracking in you know. Yes, although the, if that was the case, Sarandon may have a different look than bitchy. You know, he might look a little more concerned. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. One of the things is kind of a. It's probably really more of a movie three kind of conversation really but i'm and you'll probably remember from the book i for some reason i'm having a blank on this but why is it in the book that the elf so there's two parts to this why, mm-hmm. why is it that the elven in the book feels justified in going to war with the dwarves and and the second part is how will jackson you know justify or how will friend will in jackson's middle earth uh, justify going to war yeah that's that's a good question um in the book, the Elven King sort of throws in his lot with the people of Lake Town. Okay. You know, so he's like an ally. He's an he's ally. like an ally of the people of Lake Town. And, you know, I think that's his main his main reason for being there. So, um in fact, I believe he was they were they were marching towards the mountain and they took a uh took a detour to Lake Town to help them. Oh, okay, right. Help them, um, you know, build shelter and stuff so they could survive the winter after their town is. Oh, sorry, spoiler alert. After the town is, uh, <laughs> town is ruined. It's desolated by smog. Smog. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So. Hmm. Okay. Well, so, I, yeah, I, we'll I, see. We'll see. But it would be free question. You know, it's going to be interesting to see. And I, I think what's going to be. I think why it's maybe pertinent to even just, like, refer to it right now is that the seeds of this may get sown in movie yes. two in terms of how Andwell and Thorin, you know, like, Cor- 
Frey has mentioned that Th- uh, Thorin's, you know, fiery temper, he may just, like, tick Thrandu off sufficiently in his in their interactions now, you know, in movie two, where, excuse me, where, where you know, it's enough excuse for Thranduil to go lay siege down the line. Yeah, I don't think, I don't think it would be quite that simple. I mean, I don't see Thranduil going to war because of a grudge. Um, at least that's not the person he's portrayed um, in the book. But I don't think they'll make it as benign as, oh, he's just helping out the, the guys from Lake Town. I think he'll probably have some reason why he wants to get at that treasure, too. You know, I mean, in the, in the book, he does covet the treasure as well. So I think I think uh, they're going to play that up a little bit, that he also wants some of that dragon treasure. Yeah, and he may even allude to in movie two. He may allude to that he believes there's he has a right to some part of the treasure. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, something's got to Jackson's got to present us with something because otherwise, you think it would be the other way around. You know, here is I mean, Thranduil is the one who quote unquote deserted the dwarves. You know, if yeah. anything, you'd think Thorne would be trying to make war on the elves. Well, I guess in a way he would if he could. Um, but anyway, so it's just going to be interesting to me to see how Jack, you know, what Jackson sets up. And I think you're right. I think if we pay attention in this move, in the second movie, we'll see the seeds at least of that. Yes, they'll build you know. it up. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's let's move on to the actual riddle. What do you say? Sounds you get, good. Anything else you want to nope. say about that? I mean, I could talk about this stuff forever, but I think I'll. Uh, yeah, that'd be stuff. hard to edit. So let's let's <laughs> not okay. do it forever. So, um, so the riddle from episode two point oh five is how is the escape by barrel arranged? And the choices are a by Bilbo alone and unaided, which is the book answer. B in cooperation with at least one dwarvish collaborator. C with the knowing consent or assistance of at least one elven sympathizer, or D with the help of magical intervention from some outside, i.e., non-ring source such as Gandalf, Radagast, Galadriel, or similar. And Corey could not help saying the second phase manuscript plot notes A answer. So you have to read Ratliff <laughs> to know what that means. Yes. Um, Only now, John Ratliff the, and Corey. Only, yes, that's right. And then Corey remembers what it. About, yeah. He was. I think he was still in the. I think actually at the time we did this episode, he was in the, at that portion of teaching the story of the Hobbits. So it was like really <laughs> fresh in his mind. Yeah. <laughs> Now, one of the things that we did that Corey stipulated, and of course, you know, the judges will be the final arbiters of this, but I do, I do think it makes sense, is that these go in ascending order. So, for example, if, say, for example, there is a dwarvish collaborator, but there's also an elven, one of the elves helps, then the answer is C. Ah, gotcha. So it's like each okay. one up, like, trumps the one before it. Gotcha. Okay. C or B? If, if there's, the dwarvish collaborator and there's an elf who, who's in on it also, then the answer is C because Oh, C, when you say up, you mean up from A to D. Gotcha. Up, yeah. Okay. Yeah, up from A to D. I mean, okay. yeah. So, so if it's so, all of the above, then it's D. Um, if it's all of the, yeah, I mean, if, well, if there's magical intervention for sure, then it's all, and then it's, you know, then it, that trumps everybody. That's like no Trump. No, that's like, that's not like no Trump. That's like ultimate Trump. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I think, you know, I think that intervention from the outside is unlikely. I mean, what do you think? I, I, I mean, that that needed to be there to sort of, I believe, to round out the answers because, you know, we covered all, you know, tried to cover yeah, all, all the things. bases. I just, yep. 
And it, well, it's not that it's unlike. It's not that it's not possible. It's just that I think other things are going to be going on at this point in the story, and that's not. And so it, the, the escape by barrel will be taken care of internally, so to speak. Yes. Yeah, I think so too. I I consider that one, but I I think. You know, Gandalf, Radagast, Galadriel are going to be very busy in yeah. Dark Goldor at that at that time. Right. So right. I don't I don't see that happening. Right. Um, you know, I thought about an Elven sympathizer. I'd say that's probably my second choice, probably Tariel. But when I thought about it again, you know, I just don't think that they would go against the king. So. I just don't think they'd go against it, especially Tariel, who's the lead of the guard, the right. guard. I don't think that they're going to go against the king. Maybe Legolas, but I, you know, but it's one I thing. Just, I mean, I and again, doubt this it. might be a judge's call, but I mean, I'm thinking of C as there. If there's an Elven, it's not just an Elven sympathizer because I could see. Mm-hmm. Legolas being sympathetic. Yeah, actually actively helping. Right, them. exactly. That's, yeah. that's, I just that's don't. an elf actually. And I, I, I said B. I think that there's going to be. A dwarvish. I think, yeah, I think this might be an opportunity. For, well, and I think somewhere along the line, Bilbo's got a cop to the ring. You know, him, and he does yeah. that in he the, does the that. book. He does it after the spiders, right? Yeah. yeah. So somewhere along the line here, he's got a. Cup the ring, and I think it's an opportunity for Bilbo and Thorin to continue their bromance, so that you know Bilbo steals in invisibly and then like shows himself to Thorin, and then they kind of uh, they talk between themselves and then come up with a hatch a plan, and then Bilbo puts it into effect. Well, so that's kind of what I'm thinking. Yeah. Oh, I see what you're saying. You know, because in the book they do he does sort of talk to them, but. They don't hatch the plan together. No, he does it himself, yeah. right? I yeah. mean, he's, he does it all by himself, yeah. But I'm thinking this is like a collaboration between, you know, I'm thinking Thorne and Bilbo, but it could be Balin, it could be yeah. Bofer. I mean, it could be, but I'm just thinking it would be a good opportunity for Thorne and Bilbo to have more FaceTime. Yeah, I I think it's A. I think it's going to be A, though. I, Do you? You yeah. think it'd be Bilbo alone in a day? Okay, cool. Yeah, because this is another time where it's Bilbo's big, you know, spot in the Son, right. you know he's. Um, I just think I just think he's going to do it by himself because it, it would be pretty risky for him to have one of the dwarves out of their of their um, of their prison cell for long enough to get it all set up. Oh, but see, that's the thing is, I'm not. Yeah, I mean, I don't think. Oh, you think they're I still going to stay behind bars? The plan will be hatched verbally, but Bilbo would be doing the actual action taking. Yeah. Yeah. But see, like in the book, that didn't even go on. Really. No. I mean, it was all Bilbo. It was, it was pretty all much Bilbo, all Bilbo. And yeah. they were all separated and didn't even know Thorne was even there. You know what I mean? And so he had to go find them and all that kind of stuff. I mean, I would imagine. I don't even necessarily. I mean, I've been thinking that Thorne would probably be. At least he would be by himself in a cell. But for all we know, I mean, they may have all the dwarves in one cell, actually. Jackson might. Possibly, possibly, but uh, anyway. So yeah. So I mean, I didn't think I, I didn't think it would be like a, a dwarf would be able to get out, but that he yeah. would show up, you know, take the ring off and say hello. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Well, he does. Story. He does that. He does that in the book too. But he doesn't. Talk he doesn't. Do, does it. At but the he doesn't the plan side. the escape. He just says, "I've got this plan," you know. Right. And then he's kind of afraid that the dwarves aren't going to like it. Right. So that's another reason I don't think he's going to have a dwarvish collaborator because 
um, you know, if somebody said, okay, we're going to escape by, I'm going to put you in a barrel and you're going to float down this river. I'd be thinking, no, I'm not doing that because I'm just going to drown. <laughs> so that, you know, if you wait to the last minute to tell them, they kind of are stuck. They kind of have to do it at that point. So, yeah. Well, I and I guess I too, think this is still- another, this is another judge's call, which is I don't necessarily, I mean, I don't consider it that necessarily Soren necessarily has to know the whole entire planet. And in fact, Bilbo might not even, I mean, the way that Jackson may do it is Bilbo might not even have a, you know, a clear idea what to do once they're out. You know, their, their plan may be how to get the dwarfs out of the cells. And then suddenly Bilbo has this idea of, you know, get into the, the barrel. So I don't know that, I mean, I, you know, again, the judges are going to have to make a call. But my thinking is that if, if he even, ta- you know, if he actually talks to one of the dwarves and they create a plan that then he puts at least even, even partial uh, into action that that would be B, but um, mm-hmm. anyway, so, but yeah, no, I think this is good, and uh, um, I'm just looking here to see, um, Corey's with you, he thinks it's going to be A, uh, Dave believes there's going to be an Elvin uh, conspirator, so B, and I said B, so that's very interesting, and I thought, oh, I guess I didn't, I thought Scott had done his today, but I guess he didn't listen to it yet, and then let's, let me read, um Mark Fisher, in, you know, in his wonderful, uh, from the Encyclopedia of Arda, gave us a very short, but I'll read what he has to say. He says, I think the main question here is how the film will communicate Bilbo's plan to the audience. Since we can't see what Bilbo is thinking on film, he'll really need to discuss things with another character, so someone else will need to be involved in some capacity. I guess this would be much easier with an elf who can suggest the plan and help in its execution than any of the other options, so I'll take the C option for this riddle. Interesting. Hmm. Now... I don't think there's that much of a problem uh, to see what Bilbo's thinking on film, especially with Martin Freeman. You can see what he's thinking. It's written all over his face. You he's know, really and good at that. In the in the Gollum, uh, the Gollum uh, riddle scenes, you can oh, see yeah. what he's thinking. You know, he, he was amazing. He was amazing. Yeah. So I don't think that's going to be a problem at all. You know. Yeah, I mean, you and, could just have some shots. Like, if he hatches the barrel thought, I mean, you could have some shots of, of Bilbo in his with his ring on watching them work the barrels. Exactly. And yeah. you're right. I mean, you could, you could see it on his face that he gets an idea, you know. I mean, it's, it wouldn't be that really that hard to show. Yeah. I agree. That's true. But this is interesting. This could be an interesting one because we have, you know, kind of some um, – we definitely have a, a difference of opinion across the board. And now we have some more um, – of our analysts have weighed in, and actually, uh, I think later on into the summer, we'll do kind of a recap episode, and we'll go back and cover everybody's answers on all the questions. Then let me just pick this up. So Arwen Kester from Middle Earth News, um, she's with you. She's an A girl. And mm-hmm. um, then Lillian Aloriel from Warriors of the Westfold. Come on, Lillian Aloriel. I can't get my thing to move over here. Come on. Oh, there we go. Oh, now that went too far. <laughs> they're Honestly. they're with me. They're A's. They're with you. They're A too. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, gosh, look at you. And also the Facebook folks are A. And but Merrick and Golden Star are with. Uh, oh, they're not with you. They're with Dave. They're C's. They're, they're both. They're both C's. I don't aren't think they? anybody's with you. <laughs> so, but All right, well, uh, you know, the only great. one that counts is Peter Jackson. So. And I'm telling you, this is one. This could be one of the ones where if I'm right, I'm standing up in the middle yeah. of the theater, which is good. I'm going to be seeing this at Myth Mood because I go, ah! <laughs> But I should also tell listeners to be careful voting with me because I did really badly last year. So you might take this as a hint and maybe pick A. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, maybe you've just learned. You've learned from last year. So. I'm trying to. You know, actually, that's true. Well, I'm, I don't know that I am learning, you know, because um, last year the reason I did so badly was because I didn't go by the book. I figured Jackson was going to deviate so much from the book, and he mm. did. He had, in the questions we asked anyway, you know, he did. He did the book answer a lot of the time. And, you know, I'm, I think I'm being seduced by this, the interviews with Richard Armitage where he talks about the development of Bilbo's and Thorne's relationship further in mm-hmm. movie two. So I'm looking at, okay, well, where, where are the where opportunities? Where are the chances to do that? Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, well, so let's see what the listeners have to say. Why don't you um, give us a shot at what the folks have said either on the site or on uh, Facebook? Uh, on the MythCard page, Murray said, I thought Corey's arguments compelling, but I voted C. No sucking up this time. With it probably being Tariel, who turns more of a deliberate blind eye than actively helps. So he's a C. He has a couple of other comments, though. On a couple of other items, what chance is there that Bilbo will be shown going in and out of the caves via the main gate? Or will that be eliminated? If it is shown, perhaps the passage of a few weeks could be shown by the leaves and the woods turning. Um, yeah, I wonder if they'll show, I mean, I don't think, I don't think they're going to end up spending as much time being captive as they did in the book, because that would be a bit of downtime in the movie, and uh, kind of slow the story down. I think it's going to be, and we've talked about this in the episode, this would actually make a good conundrum, but I think our conundrum is great, better, so we won't change. Um, But I think it is, I think Jackson's going to do his time compression. You know, I'll bet you, I'll bet you anything. They're only in uh, in the El- the Elven Kings Hall for a day or two, max, two days. Yeah, I don't think they're going to be there long. Well, for yeah. one thing, um, you know, the ring has a weird effect when you put it on. So right. Bilbo can't really be doing that all the time for weeks and weeks at a time. Right. So. And I think that the way they're portraying Mirkwood and the way that they seem to be portraying the elves' relationship with Mirkwood, which seems to be more mili- military, you know, kind of keeping the peace kind of thing, that, um, you know, that Bilbo going in and out I don't think would mesh with that very well. Because, you know, in the book I think he's going in and out when they go out for hunting parties and things like that, right? So, yeah, yeah. So, um, so, yeah. so, yeah, I think they probably but, won't won't show that. Too much. But you know the thing about Murray's uh, thinking that Tauriel might be the one. I, I you know I go back to your original comment at the top of the show. Yeah, again, I think we're being seduced by you know the the media hype around this new character Tauriel and Evangeline Lilly and stuff. But I think you said it most logically that it's gonna it's kind of hard to believe that the captain of the King's Guard would would literally yeah. turn traitor. Basically. Yeah. I mean, I just. In fact, yeah. if that happens, I'm going to be really disappointed in Jackson because that's just – I just don't see that. I think – you know, and I think Legolas – I don't think any of them will turn traitor. I think Leg- I think we'll see Legolas feeling sympathetic. Yeah. But I don't yeah. think they'll take any active role. No. But they may turn a blind eye. Now, that's going to be a good question for the judges. You know, if they, if they don't – if there aren't actively conspirators, but they turn a blind eye – you know, well, nobody has to turn a blind eye if, if they follow uh, Bilbo's escape. You know, they don't have to turn a blind eye because he does it right under their noses. You know, <laughs> nobody's going to know what's going on. Well, depending on how they do that. I mean, if they do the drunk scene and stuff. But I'm thinking, you know, that if, like, Legolas is walking down a corridor and he sees the, you know, he happens to see Bilbo leading the band of dwarves around the corner, you know, that he kind of, you know, very pointedly goes the other direction and doesn't say anything. You know that. Well, I mean, yeah, I don't. 
I don't see that happening. But I mean, that could happen. But I still, I still agree with you. I, I just, it's, yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, I know we're going to see some father son stuff, or at least that seems to be implied. But. I don't know. Anyway, what does so Murray has some other stuff? Does Murray have some other stuff? Yeah, he, the other thing he says is uh, regarding alcohol's effect on the elves. I agree. Peter Jackson boxed himself in a bit with that silly drinking scene, which wasn't in the theater version, as I recall. That said, might it be that it is Legolas's status as a prince that lessens its effect on him? Remember the comment in the book about the wine being intended for the tables of the king, and presumably his son, and not for butlers and jailers. Right. So, and then um, Fjorhund actually has um, a whole, an, another comment all about this, the drinking issue. It says, I don't think Jackson put himself in a corner with the drinking at all. I've never understood that criticism from Tolkien readers as it fits with what Tolkien said in The Hobbit. He just needs to go with the book. And this is a quote from the book. It must be potent wine to make a wood elf drowsy, but this wine, it would seem, was the heady vintage of the great gardens of Darwinian, not meant for his soldiers or his servants, but for the king's feasts only, and for smaller bowls, not for the butler's great flagons. Mm. All he has to say is that this is special wine strong enough to get even a wood elf drunk. He could then have them drinking copious amounts of other wine already with no sign of it affecting them before they bring out the Darwinian vintage. And I agree with that, too. I think really all they point. have to say is, you know, this is a special wine from, from Darwinian. It's special elvish wine. You know, they were just drinking beer. I'm not sure what right. they mead or whatever it was down in, in Rohan. Right. Um, so it just wasn't enough to affect uh, uh a wood elf, but this stuff is is different. I need to watch that drinking scene again. Do you remember? I mean, it, Legolas didn't play uh, naive, did he? I mean, he wasn't acting as if he'd never had alcohol before. No, he, no, he just acted like okay. it wasn't having any effect on him. He did okay, say okay. something in the end where it's affecting him a little bit, but you know, in the meantime, um, Gimli, Gimli, yeah, is getting really yeah. He falls off. Three the wind. <laughs> <laughs> That's, oh, that'll be interesting. So this is another good one to take note of, just to mm-hmm. see what they do with uh, with the alcohol. Because we know, I mean, we know it's a wine cellar that they're in too. So yeah, and of course it it drives Corey nuts that they're apparently using wine barrels. He's so annoyed because in the movie it's food barrels that they're using. In the book, it's food <laughs> barrels. Yes, it's food barrels. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it is. Yeah, and but in the, apparently in the movie it looks like it's going to be a wine cellar with wine. Uh, okay. And the thing is, why would they be why and I you know why would they be exporting wine to Lake Town? Is his, you know I mean you know he's he just gets he gets like passionate about this and I mean I understand what he's saying I understand what he's saying I mean I you know but well they're supposed to be I empty barrels in the movie they're supposed to be empty barrels well in the book in the book they actually have but there's pieces of food still inside the barrels yeah oh that's right apple. Apple barrels. I, yeah. I guess they're sending right. the empty ones so that the men of Lake Town can fill them up can refill, and send yeah. them back. So. Oh, so maybe that's the same thing. Maybe the Lake Town people are their wine source. Well, the, right. wine I mean, comes I, I, from, the wine comes from the river to the south, so wouldn't it have to come to Lake Town and then go and then go um, right. the river and into to- Mirkwood? So maybe right. they're just like middlemen for the wine. Yeah, yeah, that would make sense, and it also would make sense that they that the wine the barrels are supposed to be empty. Yes, yeah. In the movie, I mean, the, 
continues to do that. Yeah. 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 Okay. So, anyway, okay. so, um, all right. Well, so what, what else we got? Who else we got? Who else has stepped up to the plate? We have Dennis. And he says, after watching the movie 2 premiere, Taria looked to me like a soldier, not a butler or wine cellar attendant. I predict she will be involved in the fights with the spiders and orcs rather than Bilbo's escape. I think the answer will be A. Yeah. So, and he um, he says, here's well, how it he's got the whole thing. <laughs> here's how it will go down. Dwarves captured all at once, questioned and imprisoned. They will probably be put into a single cell, as splitting them up is an unnecessary detail and too hard to show on screen in a timely manner. Bilbo yeah. will follow them and thus will know where they are. He will sneak around, find the cellar, whilst looking for food. I do not think he will speak to the dwarves until he appears at their cell door with the keys that he has lifted. During a feast... Uh, i.e. the place is empty, they will sneak into the cellar and escape. Major time compression. Bilbo will spend no more than one day in the elven cave. Yeah, and we, we kind of agree with that. That's yeah, not going to yeah, be a long time, yeah. maybe more than a day. But He will not speak or consult with the dwarves or elves. The drunken elves is unnecessary and can be skipped. I don't think it's unnecessary. I think it's, I, I think it's fun. So I think, they should, I think they're going to put it in there. Uh, I think they are, and I think they're going to have the um, the drunk as a tip of the hat to the yeah readers. And then Tariel and Leggy will be out shield surfing (laughs) or at the feast, and Bilbo will not interact with them. (laughs) Well, you know, I think that's totally feasible. I mean, that's totally believable, and it actually, if you think about it, then it it's a pretty fast sequence of events, which. You know, we do need to keep the pacing going up in this movie because there's a lot yeah. to cover. Yeah, I so think this I, could be I done very easily and elegantly. I think I basically agree with that. Yeah, there's not yeah. a ton of time in the second film for all they have to do. So I don't think it's going to take. I don't think it's going to take forever. I don't. I don't think they're going to spend a, a lot It'll of time there quick. doing it. It's going to be pretty quick. But I do think they're going to have the drunk as hell. You think so? Okay. Well, well that, yeah, see, because be it's a wine cellar. Yeah. It's, it's going to be in a wine cellar, so you know, wine. And like you said, they could make the point of saying it's a special wine, and then the guy ends up drinking it and gets really. Yeah, yeah. I mean, otherwise, why not just use food barrels or something like that? You know, why even yeah, right. wine? wine right. So, it's an opportunity um, to have a little humor and a little fun. So, I think they'll do yeah, it. Yeah, and it's another tip of the hat to the book fans too. You know, I mean, I think you know he seems to be doing that. You know, like, for example, I mean, he could have, I mean, in the movie, there's a whole bunch of stuff he put out. In fact, you know, he could have left the Stone Giants out, and I still would have been happy with the movie. <laughs> he could definitely have left out the Stone Giants. You yeah. Know? I mean, that's a, that was a tip of the hat that could we could have done without it. And when I first saw they were going to be in, I was all excited. But then the actual footage was just, it was like. Although I have to say that's one of my son's favorite parts. Really? Well, there you go. See, he's, he's only eight, so he loves that. He loves Jackson that. understands that he's got a lot of different demographics to keep happy. So he does. there you go. He does. Yeah. There you go. So well, um, right. so it's conundrum time, isn't it? It is. It is. Although we haven't really talked about the topic that the conundrum is hitting, so maybe we should kind of like, well, let's. I'll tell you what. I'll say what the conundrum is, and then you and I can talk about it a little bit. That sounds good. So. Our conundrum for this riddle has absolutely nothing to do with Bilbo's escape. <laughs> it's, will Tauriel have feelings for Legolas? 
whether they are reciprocated by him or not. Now, I, yeah, I told Laura when we before we started, I couldn't come up with the right word for this because I don't want to say does she have a crush on him because that's like too adolescent. And I didn't want to say is she in love with him. So, but, you know, what we're talking about, what I'm, we're talking about here are kind of, you know, tender feelings. I mean, does she want to, you know, does she want to have his elf babies? Does I mean, she want to have Legolas you know, babies? Yeah. The Lego. You know, she want to have Lego lasses and laddies. That's right. That's right. <laughs> um, and, and we also know that uh, from press is that Keeley is going to end up with a crush on Tauriel. And I observed to Laura in an email, I said, this could turn into a real Midsummer's Night, e- night Eve, Midsummer's yeah, Night Eve. Night Dream. Night Dream um, situation, you know, with with, uh, with Keeley fawning over Tauriel, who's fawning over Legolas, who's fawning yeah. over a donkey. No. <laughs> <laughs> So what do well, you think? Do you I don't think, think Laura? I, I I think it's going to be tastefully and sut- subtly done. Subtly done. No, I think that uh, I don't personally think that Tariel is going to have feelings for Legolas. Actually, I, I don't think so. You don't think so? No. I'm uh, kind of on the fence with this one. Yeah, you know, I'm just not. I'm just not. Graphics. I'm just not feeling the feelings. I guess. You know, yeah. I'm, I'm thinking that that's overstepping overstepping the bounds a little bit. I mean, having Keeley have kind of a crush on her, kind of like Gimli had with Galadriel. Right, That's right. one thing. But, um, uh, yeah, I don't think Tariel will really have feelings for Legolas because he is a sinner and he's a gray elf, and she is a is a uh, green elf or a... Uh, Nandor. Nandor, yeah. So... She is a different class than Legolas. I think there's going to be that barrier there. Um, I think they're going to be friends. I don't think there's going to be any romance. Yeah, this actually goes to uh, Stephen Colbert's question for, for Peter Jackson on his, yes. uh, his preview, which is, you know, are you going to distinguish the different types of elves? And then Colbert proceeded to give the whole history of, you know, from waking up in Quibian and on through to, you know, Yes. Leaving the grave evens. Um, Jackson's answer was yes. Was yes. That was, was yes. That's His okay. answer was yes. So I think based on that, I think you've got a really good point, which yes. is there's definitely a, um, yeah. you know. But what do you think? Well, I'm kind of on the fence here. You know, I, I, I think I'm leaning in your direction. I think I'm leaning toward no. Um, the other side of the coin is strictly, and this is what always gets me into trouble, which is why I'm leaning toward now because I'm trying to not do what I did last year. If I overthink this, you know, I get into sort of the demographics again. You know, do we need to have some kind of romantic interest? Um, you know, with uh, Lord of the Rings, we had Aragorn, you know, with Arwen fairly early on. Of course, then we had Eowyn with her unrequited love. You know, so there was... You know, he wove in and he developed Arwen and Aragorn's story, so there could be a love interest. You know, it's 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 so that the dates of the Tolkien geeks who come to see this movie have something for them. <laughs> so that's that's that would be the reasoning upon which I would say there is something. But well, if you if you if you I notice strong enough, I think you're right. I think there's too much of a yeah, cultural. Difference. You know, if you notice, there's a common theme among those relationships. It's always the male looking up to the female. Right. Yes. In this and case, it would be the other way around. And so I don't think they're going to do it. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think the Keeley Tauriel makes sense in that, in that context. Yes. <laughs> now, one of the other things that I did think of 
with that would go with the yes answer is um you know legolas is is relationshipless you know we know that from lord of the rings he doesn't have a relationship you know where all these other elves are kind of like paired or at least well elrond's yeah but i mean you know what i mean and so uh one of the things and and I don't know that Jackson would go this far, but we do know from Tolkien's writing about the elves that they are pretty much uh, monogamous. I mean, if they lose a partner, they don't. I mean, who was the only one was uh, Fionor's father was uh, was actually out of the norm to take a second wife when his uh, Mm. first wife decided to give up the ghost, so to speak. Um, And so my thought had been that these two are going to be an item and then she's going to get killed in the Battle of Five Armies, which means he ends Mm. up being a bastard. His life. So that's kind of always been my thinking, but you know, especially since I have seen the preview uh, footage and what you said, I mean, she definitely is called out as a different kind of elf from Thranduil and Legolas. And you know, what you also just said about that in, with everybody else, the woman is always at kind of like in the higher station than the man is. This would go against that grain. So I do think that the dates of the Tolkien geeks are going to be out of luck. I, I don't think I think it's a no. I do. I think it's a no. But I'll be interested to hear what the listeners have to say because yeah. you know I think it could be logic on both sides. But yeah. I I, I think you could you. make a case. You can make a case. You can make yeah, a gonna, case. It'll be interesting. So. All right. Well, I think we've pretty much covered everything that there is to cover about Bilbo and the escape. Oh, I'm and sure. I'm sure our fans will and a few extra things. Something out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I think this is good, and I think uh, it's good. This is going to be interesting. So uh, the overwhelming answer seems to be that Bilbo's going to do it alone on Ada. So it's going to pretty much track with the book, and I can to- totally see that. I'll probably be sorry I answered B, but you know, having having put my line in the sand, I'll stick with it. Yeah, well, you do that. You stick with it. <laughs> stick Even with if it you're completely <laughs> and utterly wrong, That's right. you stick with it, girl. <laughs> Story of my life. <laughs> stick to your guns. All right. All right. Okay. Shall we, shall we take them out? We shall. Thanks for listening, and Godspeed. <laughs>